Well, good morning, church family. Here it is another week uh, in the year 2020. Uh, we find ourselves here on June 17th uh, as we begin uh, our series in Psalm 109 in our midweek devotional. Um, before we turn our attention to this uh, psalm and what it has for us, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your word, uh, which is timeless and true. Uh, and Lord, as we consider Psalm 119, we want to thank you for uh, the psalmist as uh, uh, it is penned, uh, Lord, from the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Uh, and as we have a, a deeper and grander appreciation for the subject matter of Psalm 119, which is the glory of your word, uh, that it would teach us, that it would motivate us, that it would give us a, a deeper uh, and grander desire to study your word realizing the importance of it and what it communicates to us as believers in your son, Jesus Christ, uh, and to the world at large. Uh, and Lord, we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we begin uh, this new section in our midweek devotionals, uh, we are changing a little bit of our focus, and we're going to be uh, having uh, a, an opportunity to take a look at Psalm 119. Uh, and it'll take us a little while to go through this uh, because, as you know, um, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, it contains uh, 176 verses, uh, and so uh, it won't take us 176 weeks to go through this, uh, but it will take a little while to walk through. Uh, as we uh, take a look at Psalm 119, uh, one of the things you'll, you'll notice is that there is no uh, author mentioned. Uh, there's been some speculation as to who it could be. Um, but we, we know that the ultimate author is uh, God himself. And so we can glean from it, uh, even if we don't know who the, the human um, penner was uh, that was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so we'll just glean uh, what God has for us. Uh, as you take a look at Psalm 119, it's, it's a lot different than the rest of uh, the Psalms uh, in particular, uh, because it has a special structure to it. Uh, it has what we call an alphabet acrostic to it. Uh, as you look through Psalm 119, you'll quickly find that uh, there are multiple uh, sections in it. Matter of fact, there's 22, uh, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, uh, starting with Aleph as the, the first one, uh, which is our text for today in verses 1 through 8. Um, but uh, each one of these 22 sections, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, each has eight verses uh, that are part of it. Uh, giving us our total of 176 verses. Uh, and this is two as we take a look at Psalm 119, and I mentioned in my prayer already as we began, that there is an overarching theme of Psalm 119, something that pulls all of it together, and you will find this uh, pretty quickly as you look through it. And the thing will be, as we study this, is for us to not make the error of getting uh, bored or thinking that uh, well, it's just speaking to the Word of God once again, uh, but the, the theme here is the glory of the Word of God because it comes from God. It is God's Word, uh, and we'll be utilizing um, actually a variety of words uh, as we study this psalm that speak to the Word of God, uh, and I'll, I'll list a few of them. Well, actually, I'll list what, what ones are there in Psalm 119. Uh, the first one is actually the word word uh, translated in your, your English Bible. Uh, that's used over 40 times through this uh, one chapter, uh, and it indicates God's spoken word. Uh, 
there's also the word law that uh, is in reference uh, to God's word. It's used over 20 times and indicates uh, directions or instructions uh, from the word of God. Uh, the word judgments is also used uh, over 20 times uh, and it indicates uh, an establishing of some sort of precedent uh, uh, in relation to the word of God. Uh, the word testimonies uh, another, is another word utilized uh, over 20 times in reference to the word of God and it indicates uh, a witness of conduct. Commandments is also used over 20 times as a, a word for uh, re referencing the word of God. Uh, and of course, a commandment is an authoritative command. Then we have the word statutes, uh, as well as the word precepts. Uh, statutes is listed uh, are, uh, over 20 times in, in Psalm 119, and uh, it indicates uh, enacted laws uh, in, rela in relation to the word of God. And uh, precepts is also over 20 times and it indicates a particular uh, instruction that comes from the Word of God. Uh, and so as you can see, uh, there are seven different words that are utilized here that refer to the Word of God, uh, each with a, a little different nuance to it uh, as we go from God's spoken word to direction and instruction to establishing a precedent, uh, a witness of conduct, an authoritative command, an acting of laws, or particular instructions. Uh, and so, uh, as we take a look at this, uh, you're going to see uh, a mention to the Word of God a lot uh, because uh, these words are used uh, in relation to the Word of God in almost every single verse. Uh, there's only a handful of the verses out of the 176 that don't actually uh, reference uh, the Word of God. Uh, and so I, I thought it was interesting as I, I took a look at what Spurgeon had to say in reference to this. Uh, that will give us a, a good starting point for us to not just uh, write off after we get through a few verses saying, well, it's just continuing to speak about the Word of God. Um, it seems as though it's repetitive. Uh, and it's not really saying anything different. It's just uh, restating. Uh, listen to what he has to say. He says, This wonderful psalm, from its great length, helps us to wonder at the immensity of Scripture. From its keeping to one subject, it helps us to adore the unity of Scripture, for it is but one. Yet, from the many turns it gives uh, to the same thought, it helps you to see the variety of Scripture. Some have said that in it there is an absence of variety, but that is merely the observation of those who have not studied it. I have weighed each word and looked at each syllable and lengthened with lengthened meditation. And I bear witness that this sacred song has no tautology or repetition uh, in it, but is charmingly varied from beginning to end. Its variety is that of a kaleidoscope. From a few objects of a boundless variation is produced. In the kaleidoscope, you look once, and there is a strangely beautiful form. You shift the glass a little further, and another shape equally delicate and beautiful is before your eyes. So it is here. So Spurgeon's point is, is that it is taking like looking through a kaleidoscope that as you turn it, you'll see something that is beautiful, something that is uh, delicate, something that is allowing light to come through and, and give you a, a beautiful thing for your eyes to feast upon. Uh, and that's how he sees this song. Uh, and I think this is true in relation to any scripture. Uh, the Word of God in its totality 
is that if we come with a lack of, of understanding, with a lack of hope or a lack of fervor, when we come to the Word of God, it will seem boring. It will seem repetitive. It'll seem as though it is not applicable to who we are and, and, and how we're to live. But in reality, as we uh, taste and see that God is good, uh, that his, his Word is something that is transforming, not only for salvation, but for living the Christian life, then we will, like Spurgeon, see the beauty uh, that is in this chapter of Psalm 119. So with that as the background, and as we begin taking a look at this, we're only going to get through verse 1 today. Uh, you'll have to uh, tune in next week uh, on the 24th for the remainder of this first section uh, that is uh, underneath of uh, the title Aleph, which is the first letter uh, here in the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, and so let's go ahead, I'd like to go ahead and just read um, Psalm 119 verses 1 to 8, which is um, this whole first section. Uh, and we'll take a look at, particularly at verse 1. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast and keep in your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. So that's the first section here, the first eight verses. And let's take a look a little closer at verse 1 uh, as we finish out our time together today. Uh, it says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. So ask yourself the question. Uh, we know the word blessed means happy. So who are the happy people in this world according to this verse? Well, it's pretty plain. Blessed or happy are those whose way is blameless. Now, we may take a look at that, or the world may look at that and, and say, well, that doesn't uh, seem as though that's going to be very much fun to be blameless, uh, be without error, uh, without you know, anyone being able to accuse you of something uh, that's a wrongdoing or a, a sin. Uh, I would be happier if... Uh, and, you know, think about it. You know, this is really kind of countercultural to say that happy is the one whose way is blameless. Uh, because if you look at it from a worldly perspective, through the worldly lens, um, people would say that I would be happier if I could get a good night's sleep, for instance, uh, instead of waking up multiple times and not being able to go to sleep because of what I was dreaming about or um, thinking about what I've got to do for this particular day. Uh, I would be happier if I was in better shape. Uh, instead of uh, not eating well and, and feeling lethargic as a result of, uh, of not taking care of my body. Uh, or some may say that I would be happier if I had my dream job, uh, the job that I always wanted that I was uh, slighted on and overlooked for in relation to a promotion at work. Um, if I had that, I would be happier. I would be happier if I could spend more time with my friends as opposed to being around other people. Uh, and that would be something that would truly make me happy because my friends are people that are like me, that I enjoy being around. Others may say that I am happy uh, when everybody just leaves me alone. 
Uh, you've got those lone rangers that don't like to be around people. Uh, matter of fact, they are better off and happier if they're left alone. Uh, some may say that I'm happy, I'd be happier if my vacation was longer. Now, I, I don't doubt that uh, for a lot of people, vacation being longer would be something that would make them happy. Uh, but you know, even as you take a look at, at things, uh, we become bored pretty quickly. Uh, and, and even uh, in uh, times of vacation, uh, unless it's something that's permanent that you can go back to and look to, um, even coming home after vacation uh, is something that you, you look forward to that good night's rest in your own bed. Uh, some would say I would be happier if uh, I had more money. Uh, and that is, is one that people will always just say, well, if I was just richer, I would be happier. But the truth is, as you, as you look at it statistically, as you, as you talk to people uh, in relation to what would make them happier, um, you never have enough. Uh, and so as we take a look at this verse, you know, Jesus, uh, or, or God, um, through the, the word here in Psalm 119, uh, is, is putting forth something that is countercultural. Something that, as we think about it, we wouldn't say, well, this would make me happy, is to be blameless. But God is saying, happy are those whose way is blameless. You know, being blameless sounds boring in comparison to what other people would say would make them happy. But the truth is, is that when we are walking as we should, and when we are, are, are fulfilling what God has created us for, and particularly as those who have been saved um, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, uh, we have the opportunity to, to walk in a way we never used to be able to walk in when we were dead in our trespasses and sins and a slave to sin itself. Listen to what um, uh, James Montgomery Boyce said uh, in his commentary of Psalm 119, this, this very first verse. He says, The reason we are not happy is that we sin. And the main reason we sin as much as we do is that we do not know the Bible well enough. Apart from being instructed by God, human beings do not know how to achieve happiness. Did you catch that? Apart from being instructed by God, human beings do not know how to achieve happiness. See, the thing is, those who walk according to the Word of God when the, the Word of God is what guides them, what is, what is the principle that dictates their actions, uh, that God will in turn uh, enable them to be blameless because they will be following the very rule of life that comes from the God who is holy, who is perfect, who knows what is good for those whom he created. And therefore, as a result, of someone walking according to the Word of God, as it says, you know, who walk in the law of the Lord, that in turn, God will uh, cause them to be blameless uh, as well as make them happy. See, God, who is our Creator, is the only one who can instruct us in the way that will make us happy. Now, we look at it through the world's lens, uh, or through the things maybe that we aspire to do, it may not seem that way. But the truth is, according to the Word of God, that the way we are happy is when we are uh, those who walk blamelessly before the Lord, when we make the Word of God part of who we are, when we walk in His law uh, and obey Him. That's what's going to make us happy, because that's what God has made us to be. Uh, and we are not truly happy unless we are walking with the Lord.
and we, we need to walk with him in order to enjoy this benefit of happiness. So that means uh, each and every day preparing ourselves to be able to engage the world in which we live, to take in his word so that we may walk in a way that is not only worthy, but walk in a way that uh, will cause us uh, to act uh, in ways that honor God, in ways that are blameless, and then we will truly find happiness. Uh, or as the text says, being blessed. So I trust that this uh, first verse will challenge you in, in relation to what you believe makes you happy uh, because God is telling us that the only way we are truly happy uh, is when we walk with him, when we walk according to his law uh, and are blameless. Let's close in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this text today. We thank you for the very first verse of Psalm 119. And I ask that it would just change how we think, that it would change how we engage each and every day, that we would see the importance of feasting upon your word, to know that the only way that we are truly happy is when we are blameless, when we walk with uh, you according to your law. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, church family, and have an awesome Wednesday, June 17th.